How's the bite? I'm Ken Root along with Bob Urban who is out on the road in a truck with minnows. Are you letting them drive or are you driving? No, I'm kind of driving for the right now, but there's a lot of them. We got six gallons. I got to head up to the store. We ran out uh, early this morning. Well, you have a, a busy life. Do you want to tell us about the fact that you stayed up all night and did carpentry work? Yeah, I've got, we've been working over at Best Old House and uh, had some people coming in. I told them about a month ago, let's just book the date. You guys can rent the house. It's our first renters for the house. It's going to be kind of a, a rental there uh, for fishermen. And I had some friends come up from southern Iowa uh, that were looking for a, a change of pace. He's a park ranger or director of a county conservation board down there in uh, Lake Miami. And this time of the year, if I recall, they're just looking for a break too, Ken. Uh, the summer can wear on them with with all the campers and, and falls hitting, and they're ready They're ready for a break. Yeah, I talked with uh, Kimberly Miller this morning uh, from Little River Lake, and she gives the same impression that uh, they had a lot of rain, and so she's doing a heck of a lot of mowing. Even though there's not a lot of campers, they're uh, trying to keep all the grounds under control here at midsummer, which is, is kind of unusual that you would have to mow that much this time of year. Yeah, I think I've mowed four or five times is all with our lack of rain, which is that's not a lot at all for a new mower that I bought. Is there any um, thing going around the people that come into your store, Murray's Outdoors on the south end of Guttenberg under the big walleye, and don't buy anything, but talk a lot about what they could do there that this house might come into play? Yeah, I think it's, I think uh, Guttenberg with the tourists and fishing and hunting and, and leaf looking and German Fest and just all the events and stuff and the, the river community, I think it'll be a good, uh, call it a resort, you know, if you go on a Canada resort or whatever, the bait shop's right there. I wasn't looking to move to Guttenberg, so uh, I'll stay there a bit. So like an Airbnb or something, and, and we got it looking really nice, cleaned up. So, yeah, I think there's a demand there uh, in Guttenberg for fishermen. Now, there's no uh, real consideration of it being a coffee shop or a gentleman's club, is there? No, there's been talks about it. Uh, gentleman's club, I think, got shot down right away. I, I doubt you could put one of those in town, but... I wouldn't, I wouldn't be interested in that anyway from a business standpoint. But we don't even have coffee in the store, Ken. We'd have guys just sitting there all day long. So uh, <laughs> we, don't do the, we don't do the coffee. I told Matt about three weeks into buying the store, I was like, yeah, we're not putting a coffee pot in. <laughs> that says something about the people that, uh, that you are close friends that come in there a lot. But uh, I'm, I'm sure you'll work this all out. Well, tell me about the fishing this week. We are going to get hot, and uh, some people said, oh, last week was real good, no matter where they were, but we really just care about tomorrow or later today. So what do you think the fishing is right now, and how do you project it into the next hot week? The whole summer hasn't really been a consistent pattern um, for fishing. So when we got some fresh water moving, we got some uh, cooler nights, notice those awesome nights awesome camping nights that also is helping fishing uh early morning bite river levels at four seven we did come up a little bit with that last stretch of rain we are going to go back down to four foot um it's been doing that all summer long 
again, warnings on the boat ramp, use landing 615 boat ramp or Bussy Lake. Just more of the same, but we're starting to get some of those fall fish, those perch. Uh, last week we're going. Uh, the bluegills are the pretty good fight on the bluegills. Walleyes have been tough, but the guys look at me. I said, ah, the walleye bite's kind of non-existent. And a couple groups came in, and they're going, I don't know who you're talking to, which means they did really well. They had like four fish over 20, a couple 26-inchers. So they're there, Ken. It's just it's hard to pattern them this time of year. Um, my recommendation is going to where there's a little bit of current um, and deeper water. Those fish are starting to congregate. And you're catching a lot of, a lot of sheep uh, drums. Uh, that bite's incredible right now, and I think they're feeding it the competition for the food source. I think those drum really hit your lures before anything else can. So, on a on a certain wing dam, you might have ten different species of fish. Uh, it just depends on which one you're going to catch, or if you're going to stay there all day to catch the ones you want. Bob, we uh, also have fairly good catfishing. I've talked to Larry, your uh, mentor and uh, right hand man. And uh, he's got quite a bit of stuff in the store he was showing me that is good bait for catfish right now and uh, also some of the tackle you have, hooks primarily that will hold some stink bait that seem to work real well. Yeah, uh, if you're just looking for eater channel catfish, stink bait's the way to go. Uh, 80 degree water temps, it's been like that. It's always August, September, uh, maybe first part of our later part of July. That bite has been really, really good, really consistent right now. Guys are getting, you know, a dozen to 15 when they go out. If you're looking for big stuff, um, big channels, big flatheads, uh, we're always using some kind of live bait or cut bait. And uh, those guys are doing okay, but nothing nothing crazy that I've heard on the flatheads. Just some big channel catfish that are being caught. Uh, 15 came into the store the other day. That's a, that's a big... 15-pound channel, that's a big catfish. That is a very big fish. I hope you got a picture of it. That one I think we did. We put on our wall. We put on our Jason Trophy wall. Uh, those guys were actually night fishing. They camped out on the island, and and it paid off for them. I think they had six fish over 10 pounds. Wow, that, that'd be tournament winners right there if they pulled that off. That 15-pound the- channel would win a tournament. They're, they're pre-fishing for a tournament out of Mud Lake, I think, next weekend. And I think they've got their spot. That was a that's a good that's a that's a winner for a channel uh, catfish tournament. Bob, you recommended that I contact a young trout fisherman, Tanner Spidel, and uh, he is amazing. I have an interview with him that we'll run here in a minute about his uh, efforts to catch trout in Northeast Iowa, and it's just kind of like a romance novel. You just want to go live it. I agree with you, Tanner. I've known him since probably he was in high school and uh, from the Vinton area. And the kid is just just an example of what I used to be when I was younger. Just free, goes fishing all the time and works hard and plays hard, but he really enjoys the outdoors. I follow him on Facebook. He uh, is a sponsor for a few different companies. Loves kayaking, big kayaking. And uh, St. Croix, he, he fishes a lot of St. Croix rods. Well, Bob, we'll get to our features here, and uh, appreciate talking to you today. I know you're busy, 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 and uh, you need to crash. I'm not in the truck with the minnows, but you need to get some rest here one of these days. Uh, we are. We're off tomorrow, Saturday. Ava's going to work the store, and Nolan and I are going to go fishing. So 
I'll uh, give you a report on that next week, how we did. Okay. Good to talk to you, Bob. Thanks, Ken. Have a good week. Well, Bob, I have found uh, Larry, and Lures with Larry always is uh, one of the highlights because he's probably the greatest talent that you have working. Larry, how are you doing? Ken, pretty well today. Nice talking to you. Appreciate you coming down. You know, I'm fishing for catfish more than anything else right now. Um, that seems to be the thing that most people can be satisfied getting. It's a game fish, and they're biting. Uh, but maybe you can tell us a little bit more what you have here that will help you catch more of it. Uh, right now, if you're a catfish fisherman, channel cat, it's the time to be here. The, the bite is excellent. Um, I had a guy this morning in here with 16 of them. So we'll just go over some of the tackle and uh, what they're using to get them. So anyhow, uh, stink bait for the channel cat yeah. is what everybody's using. So we have Junie's uh, Wicked Sticky in here, which the sewer bait has d been doing well. And then we have Triple S, our blood bait, and our cheese bait. Mm -hmm. uh, so pretty much anything you take off the shelf right now has been going great. I've seen some people with 20 catfish, wow. channel cat, you know, a few flatheads, yeah. not many. Also, we have the GNS dip, uh, Triple S, Junies, mm -hmm. and um, it's been going great for the catfish people. Here's the question I have. Mm -hmm. I use this dip bait, and I take a a paint stirrer stick and I stick it down in the jar and get it uh, in pretty rounded on the uh, tube with a treble hook on the end of it. Correct. But if I throw it too hard it comes off and so I'd love to make it to where you know it, the fish are always out there just at the end of my cast if not slightly further they away. They are, they are and you know there's three or four different type tubes uh, that we have um, JNN has the uh, dip worm with yep. all the holes in it, a sponge on the end, so that helps uh -huh. hold the bait on. So that's really a good one to use. And then uh, Junie, the, the tube worm, the catfish tracker tube worm, also is a little bit longer, plenty of holes that it will sink in. So you can pack this in there you can. so it's going to chum out but you get more of it yeah. to the site. Yep, and that's the thing too. Most all these plugs, uh, the egg worm also, is going to chum that scent downstream, which will help you bring those catfish in. And you do bring it in more times than you would expect to reload it to, yep. g to get those bites. Yeah. How often should you check that bait? I mean, if, you just, um, if it's just laying there, theoretically, it is, it is yeah. chumming into the water. You know, if you're out there um, more in a faster current, you're going to lose it quicker. Yeah. But if you're in four, six feet of water, which is very good right now, they can sit there for 20 minutes and you're fine. And you can pull them back in and check them later and reload them. Yeah. I got one other concern. Sure. When I hook a little catfish with a treble hook, I always get at least two hooks stuck in him. Is it okay to work with a single hook, or is a treble hook just safer on the way a catfish bites? Um, you know what? The, the treble hook is a lot better for the big fish, so you can get two hooks into them. But double or single, if you set the hook properly, you know, in the boat and give it to them pretty good, mm -hmm. um, you'll get them with one hook or two. But like I say, you get into 30-pounder or 40-pound flathead, that yeah. double hook is huge. Yeah, I'd, uh, I don't know if I could ever get one of those in the boat i'd settle for you know just a few four to fives are the smaller catfish 
better to eat as far as the channel cat go? Yeah, I would think so too. And you know, the channel cat cat don't run near as big as like the big 30 pound flatheads and right. stuff but you know you get a 10 pounder an 11 pounder that's an excellent fish but they're still very good eating but that mid-sized fish you know that five pounder four pounder it is kind of primo uh eating you know prime eating so and the bigger the flathead is i understand the better eating that belly meat is well you get a lot more the bigger the fish with the belly meat but you know uh, we filleted 30-pound flatheads, 35, and they're excellent, excellent eating. Right. But they're a meat eater, too. Yep. The flathead is all minnows, shad, uh, neck crawlers, anything right. like that, where the channel cat will eat just about anything that's out there. When do you expect uh, to see a improved bite on other fish this fall? Um, it's just kind of happening. It's an average fish out there. Some people are coming in with some nice bluegills, uh, a few ring perch here and there. Crappies have been slow. Walleyes are average, but the good walleye guy's picking some nice ones off. And uh, it's well worth going out there and giving it a try, the walleyes. Off the wing dams, the deep ends, out in the deep, deep water right now is where they're getting them at. So. Thank you, Larry. Yep, I appreciate it, Ken. It's always nice uh, talking with you and seeing you, too. So, hey, we're Murray Outdoors, so anybody wants to learn uh, anything about catfishing, I've had some new catfishermen guys in here actually today. We're going to show you how to tie up a Carolina rig, uh, put your tube on there, and show you how to stick it in the bucket over there and cast out and go fishing. Well, Bob, let's talk trout fishing, and Tanner Spidell is on with me. Uh, Tanner is from Vinton, Iowa, and uh, you know Bob, I take it, or he knows you. Some connection here. He gave me your name. <laughs> that must have been Mr. Bob Urbane. Oh, he's a super good guy. <laughs> well, we have talked about lots of different kinds of fishing, but trout keeps coming up because more and more people are saying that the trout fishing is good, in northeast Iowa. So I thought I'd ask you for this year, just to hook people, so to speak, was the trout fishing good this spring? Um, the trout fishing was really good this spring. I mean, we still had some pretty decent water levels. Um, throughout the summer, though, with our lack of rain, a lot of our trout streams are really, really low and really, really warm. So, I mean, we started off the season with great fishing, but it's just kind of now it's, you know, we're, we're going to get some cool nights here to cool things off again but for now it's almost too too warm to fish for trout in some particular places well all i know really about trout fishing is it takes cold water for trout to be active and to live and uh, agriculture has been accused of uh, and so is urbanization of uh, doing away with that uh, cold water source that you once had but is that accurate that if you can find cold water in northeast Iowa, you can find trout? Yeah, that's certainly true. Um, trout prefer everything below 68 degrees. Um, when you get above 68 degrees, they really can't survive that. So if you have any of these little springs coming up into the driftless area, they're more than likely going to be able to hold trout. What has DNR done to, uh, to help you out on this? I know in some places they have... Uh, stockings every year but i i also hear that there are places that the trout are are reproducing 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, the DNR have done a great job for doing their stocking um, throughout the throughout pretty much three quarters of the year. They continue to stock, and uh, they've done a great job keeping a lot of streams accessible for people, you know, in wheelchairs or kids or it's easy to go trout fishing in a lot of the streams. Tanner, what drew you into trout fishing? Um, trout fishing is just great. I grew up on the Cedar River, and um, it's it's pretty turbid. You really can't see see many fish, but when you get on a trout stream, you can see those fish, and it just blew me away when I was younger that you could actually see the fish. And you know, it just kind of I got hooked after that. Well, they can see you as well, and that that's also an issue with trout, isn't it? Oh my goodness, you have to, most people when they go to a trout stream, they might walk right up to the bank and start casting, but you know, like you said, those trout will see you, and if it's a smart trout, it's going to be out of there as soon as it sees anything walking along that stream, so a good tip is to stand back 15, 20 feet, and that sounds silly, but if you stand back a ways and make some casts into the into the prime areas, you may get some bites that you wouldn't have if you would have got up closer. Tanner, you are sponsored, is that correct? So you're you're good enough at this, if you'll uh, have enough ego like Bob and I do to admit it, uh, that you are able to draw sponsorship. Yeah, I am uh, fortunate to be sponsored by a few companies. Um, they use my fish pictures for their advertisements and stuff, and I've been really fortunate. I'm sponsored by Jackson Kayak, Bending Branches Paddles, yak attack mounts and st croix fishing rods so i'm pretty blessed to be a representative of some of the best fishing brands in the industry and um in the wintertime i'll speak at outdoor shows or kayak fishing classes and stuff and kind of help spread awareness about some of these awesome sports that anybody can do right here in iowa one of the things i wanted to ask you tanner is um if you can find the um flies or other things you need um, within, for example, um, Murray Outdoors or other places? Or uh, is it a specialized enough sport that you either need to go to a big store or you uh, can do it mail order? Well, fly fishing is more of a niche thing. There's kind of few and far, few and far in between places to find flies here in Iowa. We do have some fly shops, and I heard one had just opened up here in Decorah, so there's going to be more opportunities for people to get out and get flies. But general trout fishing tackle, you can still catch them on little twister tails and maps and rapalas. So, you know, Murray, Murray's Outdoors over there, they pretty much have everything you need to get hooked up conventionally to go fish for trout, and a lot of people stop there. Well, what's your uh, favorite story of uh of catching a trout, uh, and what type of trout was it? Well, goodness, I've got a lot of trout stories, and to tell you the truth, most of my run-ins with the great big trout usually end up in, in tears because I have I use really light line as a rule, and I've lost a lot of big trout. But um, this past year, I had a goal to fish some of the Iowa driftless rivers for trout, and I got into some really big brown trout. And I don't know if one in particular was better than the other but boy when you're on a kayak catching trout in a river in iowa it's a really cool feeling tanner spadell is my guest and he uh you you drill well for a living is that is that correct i'm curious as to as to your profession yep i i drill wells and then fish on the weekends but 
it's a good job. I like being outside and helping people people out. So it's a good gig. Yeah. I should put you together with my septic tank guy. You know, you could be a good pair. <laughs> <laughs> so kayak fishing, you pretty much got to either tie up or float down the stream, don't you, to get yourself positions without having to fight that paddle? Well, to tell you the truth, um, fishing downstream for trout is an is a really big challenge, but I'm a kayak fisherman. I uh, represent a bunch of kayak fishing brands. I'm sponsored by them. So kayak fishing is my thing, and that's how I'm going to pursue those fish. And to compensate, what I'll, I'll float downstream, and I will have to cast as far as I can downstream accurately to try to get some of these brown trout out. Because as soon as I get close to them, they, they're out of there. Yeah, that's a good and Kayaking definitely adds a few more struggles to trying to f- trout fish, but it's still worth a shot. Tanner, what month of the year is usually the earliest you're able to get out to go trout stream fishing? Um, you can trout fish all year round. I mean, you can be out there in the middle of the winter catching fish. You're just going to be taking the ice off the guides of your rod. Um, the one good thing about the driftless rivers and streams is they don't freeze over because they're spring-fed. I go fishing whenever I can. So, I mean, fall fall and spring are my favorite. Um you know, who knows when it's going to warm up, so I can't say the right month. But, you know, spring and fall with everything, is that's the good time to be out. But I do usually make a few runs up and trout fish in the middle of winter just so I can kind of tickle the itch of not being able to open water fish. Well, I think we've whetted some people's appetite for trout fishing. And uh, knowing that uh, you can be successful the right time of year, is there any issue of being on private landowner property in some of these streams? Well, um, recently we lost a section of easement because a landowner had some issues with an angler. And that's really, really scary for a lot of us trout fishermen because we rely on a lot of these easements to be able to fish some of these sections. Not all of it is state or county owned. You know, we have public easements that we're just allowed to fish on. And, you know, we just got to pick up our trash and be courteous. And, you know, if you ever saw the landowner, be give, give them a thanks and just let them know how appreciative that you are of these places that they let us come and fish. You said earlier that trout were a delicate fish, and uh, I've cooked a few trout, and they don't take much at all. I wonder your uh, style of cooking trout, if you do uh, eat them. Well, when I cook trout, it's typically right when I'm after the night after I've been fishing and I, um, I will clean them out. I'll put a little piece of butter inside of them with some lemon pepper or your season of choice, wrap it up in tin foil, and I usually give it like five minutes or so on, well, a little less than that, like four minutes on each side and check and see if it's done. And that's the best way to do it is um, freshly caught like that. I generally will never bring them home. I just eat them at the stream. Very nice. Tanner Spadell, thank you very much for talking with us. 